2: Welcome to Bet the Edge on Friday, May 20th. I am Drew Dinsick, guest hosting today. Thank you to those of you watching on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. Uh, Guest analyst today, Von Dalzell, of course. Welcome to the show, as always. We have a packed show coming up. We get to talk to Randy Moss one of the greatest voices in all of horse racing handicapping my favorite guy at least to talk to in the horse racing handicapping space he is on the ground at pimlico to tell us who he'd back in today's black-eyed susan race and if anyone can outpace epicenter tomorrow at the. Preakness we of course have Andy McNeil as well one of my oldest hockey sharp friends he'll join us to handicap game two of the Oilers Flames series after we saw 15 goals in game one as well as where he sees value in the current futures market and then finally with the Premier League wrapping up Sunday our own Brad Thomas will explain which matches he has circled on his card all of that and more including our edge of the day coming up on bet the edge powered by PointsBet Vaughn it was a tough one for me last night in the NBA. I did not see that coming. Um, we wrapped the show. I think I'm here I am thinking uh, the Celtics are on the verge of this horrific COVID outbreak. No, everybody's available. No, they shot the lights out. Celtics absolutely crushed the heat,
3: 127 to 102. Do you win any bets on that game? <laughs> oh, we only had the plus four, which was a no sweat from oh, like nice. six minutes on the rest of the game. I also cool. dabbled it on the money line, but. You know, I, I just thought that was an obvious spot for the Celtics, to be honest. I mean, game one was obvious. You gotta bet the Heat with all the Celtics uh game six in Milwaukee, game seven at home, then going down to Miami while the Heat have had game off, had time off. So yeah, do or die spot for the Celtics. We see that series price creeping up now to like two twenty-five, two thirty-ish and stuff. So I mean, if you got some money on the Celtics long term, you probably feel good, but I'm not gonna lie, I'm still a Miami Heat supporter. I like the Heat.
2: Yeah, Celtics masters of the zigzag for the last like three weeks it feels like. So have to keep yeah. an eye on uh, Heat uh, potentially a six and a half point favorites in Game Three. Right. I at least I, I think that's a favorable price, but we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, on the ice, it was a night for the dogs, both underdogs. Won Game Two on the road. NHL uh, starting to take form as the Lightning take a pretty you know pretty substantial lead. You have to say over the Panthers now, uh, winning two one. Uh, very tough hole the Panthers have dug themselves in, but I still believe that they have a shot. Uh, and then, uh, shockingly, the Blues beat the Avalanche four one. The Avalanche, who had yet to lose a game in these uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, take a loss. Um, you know, I, I did habit. you watch any of these uh, these matches? And do you have a, an opinion on uh, where we go from here in the uh, mm-hmm. NHL Stanley Cup
3: Finals? The only team that I've been watching has been the Rangers because they were playing the Penguins and being, a you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, I always watched the Penguins out of all the hockey teams. And so I've had a tap on the Rangers. So I'm pretty excited to see what kind of look we're going to get here on them tonight, because I do want some plus money and uh, they're sitting at plus 150 tonight. So hopefully Andy points me in that direction. But uh, that's been about the only hockey team I followed, to be honest, Drew. So I was kind of leaning on you and Andy today for that.
2: Okay, well we'll get to that in a bit, but uh, for now weekends are better with MLB Sunday Leadoff. Coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Cardinals and your Pirates in Pittsburgh yeah. on Sunday, May 22nd at 11:30 a.m. Eastern. It will be live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to peacocktv.com/mlb and if you want a chance to win 25 grand on the game, Download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em contest. With that, let's bring in Randy Moss. Talk a little bit about the Black-eyed Susan and the Preakness. For those of you who do not already know, the Black-eyed Susan is effectively um, the uh, the parallel to the Kentucky Oaks, where the Friday of uh, Preakness weekend we get to see the Phillies run for the Black Eyed Susan uh, and this race is a, a very challenging handicap. I've seen a lot of buzz around uh, um, Adair Manor but it is looks pretty wide open to me. Uh, do you have a, a Philly in the field for the Black Eyed Susan today Randy?
4: Yeah I mean what you know as you guys know when you're talking about horse racing uh, and a horse like Adair Manor I mean she's the favorite, she'll be a fairly solid betting favorite, but you always have to be thinking about value. And one of the best ways to get value in horse racing is to look at what we like to refer to as the race shape. Now, what, that, what I mean by that is that if you get a race like the Black Eyed Susan, for example, with uh, uh, a number of early speed horses in the same race, Dare Manor is one of those. Then you have the likelihood of a fast pace that will work against the speed horses and it'll favor horses that come from behind. You saw that in the Kentucky Derby with Rich Strike. Very much. We thought the pace was going to be fast. We just didn't think that Rich Strike was good enough to take advantage of it. Turns out he was at 80 to one. But Dare Manor might be good enough to overcome a fast pace and some competition for the early lead, but at two to one it's probably not a good value play to say that she would be able to do that so there is a horse in the field that's 20 to one in the program and she is a confirmed stretch runner she lays way back in the pack she's totally flying under the radar and she has a really nice kick really quick acceleration which is what you want in a race like this and her name is miss yearwood yes. um, I. I think she's a, she's an excellent play. She's number three in the Black Eyed Susan. Uh, don't know if she'll be 20 to one, but she might be because there are a lot of options in here for people to bet on. Uh, and the race shape favors in the Black Eyed Susan, a horse coming from off the pace.
3: Okay. I like that 20 to one odds too. It's definitely great value. Is there any other stretch runners uh, in this that you'll be looking at besides that one?
4: Yeah, there is a, a local Philly, um, that's won five races in a row here in Maryland. Her name is Luna Bell. Uh, she'll be number six in the program. And the thing about Luna Bell is that she's won those five races in a row, uh, despite some of the dodgiest rides from her jockey, Dennis Arajo that you could ever imagine. I mean, they're the kind of rides that normally would completely eliminate a horse from being able to win a race. And yet this filly, Seems to overcome those rides. Now, the problem with that is the same jockey is back on her today in the Black Eyed Susan. So you don't know exactly what you're going to get. But, and she's the second favorite. She'll be the second favorite probably behind a Dare Manor. So you won't get a ton of value there. But she does fit that race shape. She doesn't come from as far back as Miss Yearwood does. Miss Yearwood will probably be last during the early part of the race, similar to the way Rich Strike runs. Uh, she'll be. Probably mid pack or so, uh, but she's a very nice filly and she's on a roll right now. Okay, so I'm gonna just go ahead and circle Yearwood and
2: uh, and Luna Bell at the top of there my you. card. That uh, that sounds like a very very fun race, and I honestly, looking at it now, looking at the racing styles, boy, does that make a ton of sense. So I appreciate it. Um, the uh, the key then, I guess, pivot to the Preakness. In my opinion, we had a hotter pace than we expected at the Kentucky Derby. In fact, it right. was nu- nuclear hot. Um, yep. And a horse like Epicenter, who was the best of the field and ran a fair race, got you know got nipped. And it is tough for me to go run back and get on board with the epicenter momentum for this race, even though we expect a much, much different shape of the race. Um, the problem I'm stuck with here, just singling him at the top and singling him across some of the exotics, did he use too much of what he has in the tank in that race that got so hot? And I guess, do, you know, do you think a two week turnaround for a horse like epicenter after a race that was that fast and uh, and, and you know, that I guess maybe even disappointing for him and the connections, um, you know, does that warrant any skepticism that he can get it done in, uh, you know, in a race that maybe favors his strengths more? You know, since they don't talk, it is. Very,
4: <laughs> How is he feeling? <laughs> to that out, You know? <laughs> Uh, I know that it's supposed to be 95, 96 degrees here on Saturday. And I know the trainer of Epicenter, Steve Asmussen, is most concerned, not necessarily about the short two-week gap, but the combination of the two-week gap plus super hot temperatures. He's worried that that could conceivably zap a little bit of Epicenter's energy. But the thing about the Preakness is that the horse that probably – Says that probably on paper uh, look like the toughest competitors to Epicenter are in the same boat. Simplification, who finished fourth in the Kentucky Derby, and the Philly Secret Oath, who ran the day before the Kentucky Derby winning the Kentucky Oaks. They're also coming back on short rest, and they also are going to have to deal with the 95, 96 degree temperatures. The, the, the interesting thing about trying to figure out you know, which horses might be lack energy and the Preakness Mm -hmm. as opposed to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, A trainer, Wayne Lucas, one of the best of all time, who has Secret Oath, told me a long time ago that horse trainers themselves, who spend every day with these horses, regularly get fooled by the really, really good horses. Because just like with human athletes, the good horses are enthusiastic about their job. They like to go out and train. They always have good energy. They look like they're doing great. And then sometimes they get to the top of the stretch and they're done. And you don't, you can't really necessarily tell ahead of time. But with, but the way to bet the preakness now, in my opinion, I agree, epicenter, he's going to be the favorite. And the, there's not going to be a lot of value there. Uh, if, if he's going to be two to one, well, actually, he's going to be even money, I think. And if you really thought that he was a complete standout to win, then you might be able to shop for value. By hooking him up in exactas and trifectas with some of the other horses, since he's n- probably not worth even money, but he's going to run well. I think the play in here is to use Epicenter in Exactus, trifectas, but not only use him in the top spot, but use some other horses over him in the second, in the first and second spots. And the other two horses I would suggest would be Simplification, who I think has an excellent chance to turn the tables on Epicenter. And also, we're saying Creative Minister, who might be 12 or 15 to 1 in there. Um, he ran on the Kentucky Derby undercard in an allowance race. So he's also coming back in two weeks. But he ran a sneaky good race in that on that day at Churchill Downs. And I think he's in there with a really good chance to, uh, to
3: crash the party in the exotic wagers, as we like to call them. That's an amazing breakdown, Randy. A lot of information. I'm definitely going to have to run, it, run this episode back to make sure I get all my bets in, these bet slips and exactives. But I, we, you gave us a lot of people at the top and a lot of value bets. Now, deeming that the Preakness is nine horses short of the Kentucky Derby, uh, is there any people that we could just eliminate from that factor on? I mean, like a rich strike from two weeks ago?
4: Uh, yeah, I thought you could eliminate rich strike two weeks ago, but obviously, yeah, <laughs> look, look 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 what happened there. I mean, to me... The only horses in the race that really have a chance to win are epicenter simplification creative minister and the philly secret oath maybe early voting would be another horse because he's going to be on the front end uh and if he shows improvement and he's very well trained by chad brown he'll set the pace the pace it's kind of a neutral race shape in the preakness it's not a race shape favoring speed or come from behinders it should be pretty much an average kind of pace So early voting would be in the in the mix as well so that's five the other four uh i would eliminate is really not having a chance to win oh very fair very
2: fair okay that that all makes a ton of sense to me and uh so simplification in the one creative minister in the two over uh epicenter uh in the uh, exotics uh sounds like uh you know that sounds like a decent payday so we'll we'll shoot for that uh randy of course thank you very much for your insight you will be able to watch randy in person at the preakness on saturday as we all tune in for the second leg of the triple crown make sure to follow randy on twitter as well at randy underscore moss underscore tv and check out all of his content throughout the triple crown with us on NBC sports randy right, guys. good luck take care all right just a reminder if you do not already have the NBC sports predictor app powered by points bed go download it now the contests are free and they are easy to play You have a shot to win thousands of dollars by predicting what will happen in the NBA playoffs, Premier League, on the PGA Tour, and the NASCAR circuit.
0: What do you want from your sportsbook? Better odds, fast and easy live betting. Sounds like you don't want to just bet. You want to live your bet life. When you bet with PointsBet, the official sportsbook partner of NBC Sports, you get better odds and bigger payouts, all in a fast and reliable sportsbook. Download the app now and sign up with code NBC2000 to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Additional terms and conditions apply. Must be present in New Jersey, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, New York, Pennsylvania. Void where prohibited must be 21+. plus. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER.net. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. one 888 522 532-3500 in Virginia, eight seven seven eight hope ny or text hope ny four six seven three six nine in New York. www.pointsbet.com terms dash and dash conditions.
2: Speaking of the playoffs, let's talk a little hockey and let's bring in our guy, Andy McNeil, to talk NHL playoffs. Andy and I go way back at digital gambler on Twitter, uh, one of the folks that I especially love talking to because he is out there making markets in the NHL uh, and then also willing to do a little bit of content and tell people uh, how it's, how it's going to go and, and how these markets ought to be shaped. And uh, I think no better place to start than in your backyard where we have the battle for Alberta between <laughs> the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. Game one, incredible. All-time memorable, like watching, like h- how is this happening? Like you know, six to six. This is incredible. What a comeback from the Oilers. Are this flames going to be able to find any gear to kind of save this uh this performance? And sure enough, they they score the last three unanswered, win nine-six. One of the wildest game one series we've ever seen. But that for those people who haven't been watching, this is these are two teams that know each other quite well. Like it does that lend itself to any sort of advantage in in terms of um you know what kind of adjustments they can make for game two now and the other team even being able to predict and counter adjust even before they take the ice
5: yeah i mean uh there there's definitely going to be adjustments made i I think um i'm sure both goaltender coaches had their hands full after uh game (laughs) one uh incredibly mike smith he was the, the the only goaltender pulled in the game but he was the the goaltender that allowed the fewest goals out of the three that, that <laughs> saw action in game one. Uh yeah, it was it was just a wild game. Um momentum doesn't typically, you know, carry over game to game. Um I'm sure the Oilers are going to try or at least have you know have the uh, mindset for a better start. They didn't have a lot of life early in that game. Um and of course it went from, you know, being one of the most dominant Thirty-minute performances of the the postseason so far for the Calgary Flames to almost becoming one of the, like an all-time choke job uh, as far as you know blowing a, a four-goal lead not not once but twice. Um, so it's going to be tough to top the offense in in Game One, but um, these teams combined for seven or more goals in four out of their five meetings, including their regular season meetings this season. So these are the the types of games that that we should expect to see. Uh, kind of more often than not but you know the the baseline seems to be seven goals the total six and a half shaded to the over um so probably a, a fair price there all things considered you'd expect markstrom to be better he has to outplay mike smith in this series he's a big reason why the flames are sizable favorites i think the oilers can match the flames on offense but it's that um that perceived edge that markstrom gives them in the crease that really uh really kind of sets these these teams apart so it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I've got a, a smaller bet on the Flames. The market has started to catch up to my projection. Calgary was you know sitting at minus one sixty for most of the day on uh, on Wednesday, and uh, now here they opened at around minus one seventy five or minus one eighty. But I was able to lay uh, just a half unit bet on minus one seventy. Uh, my edge has been cut in half, so you know therefore my my stake has been been cut in half as well. Um, but I'm also looking at a, a player prop that I really like in this game, and that's Johnny Gaudreau, uh, Johnny Hockey over three and a half shots. He didn't start the playoffs very well, up against that that really you know stifling defense that the Dallas Stars were were trotting out. Uh, but he's really got going. He he's uh, he's gotten over three and a half shots in five of his uh, last six games, uh, and over the last two games, he's hit the net 14 times. He only has one goal to show for it. Of course, it was the the big Game 7 overtime winner, uh, which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's pretty happy about. But his shooting percentage is 6.3% in the playoffs. He's a guy that scores on roughly 15% of his shots, or at least he did in the regular season, a 40-goal scorer. Um, and, uh, you know, I expect him to bring that same type of energy to Game 2. And the the Oilers, uh, the big story here in in on, on the Oilers' side is, you know, we've got Leon Drysaddle. We saw him in Game 7 versus L.A. He could barely push off. one side he's got a high ankle sprain apparently that he's dealing with although the the team hasn't really been um you know too forthcoming on on their injury information which is kind of the status quo for for playoff hockey and hockey in general um and then you have darnell nurse with uh, who's apparently dealing with some sort of muscle core injury he didn't he 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 landed just uh no actually i don't think he, he he landed a single hit in in game number one and that's sort of his game he's a big you know, physical defenseman uh, and he was on the ice for quite a few Calgary claims goals, but who wasn't, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, he, he's only, he only took one shot in game one. He's a guy that usually plays on the power play, didn't play a single minute on the power play in game one. So that's, you know, two of the Oilers top three players, uh, uh, you know, depending on, 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 how you rank them, but they're definitely among the, 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 the top players on the Oilers. And, you um, neither player is at at a hundred percent. so that's a big advantage towards the Flames for sure.
3: I love that player prop. I keep saying the shots on goal has to be an angle and and player props actually the easiest player prop to bet. I, I'd assume in NHL hockey. so uh, I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. The Rangers is the only team I've been really watching closely. i'm I'm a basketball, baseball, football cap for the most part. So it's Friday. It's payday for a lot of people. I'm trying to hear a plus <laughs> one fifty in my pocket. They're playing the Hurricanes down, down 1-0 already, but off a loss. I do see the twenty one 21-12 this season straight up. Do you see the value with the Rangers, or do you think this is the Hurricanes spot?
5: Well, you know, New York played arguably their best game of the playoffs for 40 minutes. But the problem is the the, the game is 60 minutes. And they, they entered the third period with, uh, you know, owning about 60% of the shots in that game. Uh, and then Carolina just took over, and by the end of that game, the shots were even. The Rangers still had probably the better quality chances over the course of the game, but um, you know, Antti Ranta, the Hurricanes, who was the Hurricanes' backup goaltender, now thrust into that starting role with Frederick Anderson still sidelined. Um, it's uh, it's it's a tough spot for the Rangers. It feels like a very big missed opportunity that they didn't hold on to that that one nothing lead late in game number one. And, of course, the Hurricanes, you know, came back, tied it, and won in overtime um, after a great third period. But, um, you know, for me, this this is a, a a series that I didn't have a lot of betting interest in. I did take the Hurricanes at around plus 350 with about eight minutes remaining in game one, and I was happy to cash that. And that'll probably be my, you know, approach into, into this game. I don't have a, a pregame bet. I think I would say it's Rangers or nothing. Uh, you know, if you're you're flipping a coin and looking for a side here because I'm pretty neutral on this game. I I think the market has this one right. I didn't like the series price on either side, although I was, I think, a little bit closer to the Rangers than I was the Hurricanes. But, uh, you know, so far in the playoffs, the Rangers edge in goal or perceived edge in goal with Igor Shosturkin, who's a a Vezna candidate, a a Hart Trophy MVP candidate. Um, It really hasn't translated to wins. I don't think they've been winning because Igor Shesterkin has been great in the playoffs. They've, they've sort of won in spite of that. Uh, of course, they had to face a third-string goaltender in Louis Domingue in, uh, in the Pittsburgh series. Sidney Crosby missed four periods of that, that series. Um, Ricard Raquel, who was the Penguins' big trade deadline acquisition, he missed almost the entire series. Rangers had a lot of things go right for them, and they were still outscored by the Penguins on aggregate in, in seven games. And this Hurricanes team, they, they were able to keep The Bruins pretty much off the scoreboard to a a, a pretty good degree there in in the first round. And if you look at the regular season numbers, uh, the Rangers and the Bruins generated goals at about the same rate. So it wouldn't be surprising to me to see uh, the Rangers or this series play out in a similar way with New York not really being able to find their offense. Carolina is a stronger team, a more well-structured team. Than the Rangers, uh, who really have relied on, on Shusterkin a lot more than they, they should have been in the regular season. They've got some offensive talent up front, but, um, you know, if those, if those big, big guns aren't, aren't firing, uh, um, on offense, then, uh, this team's going to be in tough, but like I said, it's a, they do have a a perceived edge in goal. Shusterkin should outplay a goaltender like Anthony Ranta, but, um I I wonder if that's the last time that we'll see the Rangers outshoot the Hurricanes. Carolina's typically a team that outshoots their opponents. The Rangers were outshot by the Penguins in 5 out of the 7 games. Probably would have been outshot in all 7 games if not for the injuries uh to Sidney Crosby. The injury to Sidney Crosby and uh yeah, I'm 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 thinking that uh that Carolina will probably have a, a you know an, an upper hand in the sense that they can kind of play the percentages outshoot the Rangers um and and probably uh probably penetrate their defense a little bit more than the Rangers will be able to penetrate theirs
2: no that makes a ton of sense uh I think that uh you know those two matches obviously I mean these two games obviously uh matter enormously in terms of the ultimate kind of path for both the Flames and the Hurricanes in terms of getting to the Stanley Cup Finals uh, as you look across the current prices in the futures market um and or consider potentially rolling over series prices because of path uh, is there any team that you think expresses reasonable value right now in the market uh, to ultimately lift the Stanley Cup?
5: Well, I, all my futures bets are dead except for the <laughs> Calgary Flames at fifty to one, Whoa. Um, and uh, that was placed on uh, I believe October twenty seventh. I had looked ahead at their their schedule and um, it was uh, it was pretty weak. They had a, a stretch of two or three weeks where. They were going to pick up a lot of wins if everything if everything went in their favor and did for the most part. And uh, that price came down a lot, obviously, sitting at what, four to one now, five to one. Um, It's, you know, it's a tough time of year to recommend betting futures. It's always one of those things that I think you've got to be in the right place at the right time and have that right kind of speculative mindset. Look ahead. Um, kind of see things before they're coming, and uh, and at this at this time in the year, it's uh, it's pretty tough to find value in the the outright futures markets. I think if you, if you do like a team, um, the the rolling over the series price is typically the the way to go. Um, I've got a, a series bet on the, the Flames uh, to win, a rather big series bet. I think my biggest of the playoffs yet. Yeah, I thought it was a should have been priced closer to minus two eighty, and and it opened at around minus one ninety. So. Um, it's uh, it's it's a tough spot. I'm um, I'm I'm not going to recommend recommend any any futures bets at this time. Uh, but I, I'm you, you know where my heart's at. I'm I'm cheering for that fifty to one <laughs> ticket on the Calgary Flames. And and, uh, and and if I was to recommend uh, another team, I'd have to do so. You know, kind of with the caveat that like, hey, I hope you lose because I, I hope want you lose, you to win, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by
2: all means, bet the Hurricanes, but I hope you lose. Yeah, yeah.
5: go ahead, bet the Hurricanes. but I hope you lose, right? Like it's. Um, you know so yeah I mean it's uh, I haven't had a chance I, I've actually got a, a six-year-old that's that's home sick from uh, from school for the second time this week so I was a little bit behind this morning haven't had a chance to update my uh, my series prices after after game one um, but you know I, I had a bet on the Panthers to win the series at, at minus 170 minus 165. Obviously, that uh, has turned out to be a very bad bet. Uh, Florida, I think, you know, arguably was the better team overall in in the first two games here. But they they just haven't been able to convert on the power play. They were 0-21 heading into the game number two last night uh, in the playoffs. uh, And they didn't convert on the man advantage uh, in, in game two either. And the Lightning, once again, Struck on the power play. The Panthers are being assessed minor penalties, two-minute penalties, at a higher rate than any other team, any of the other remaining teams in the playoffs. And uh, it's it's not a, a recipe for success. So while I, I, you know, I think there's probably a bit of an appetite out there looking at this series and and the uh, kind of minimal home ice advantage, given that there's not a lot of travel between Tampa and Sunrise and, and whatnot. Um, you know, I think people are probably looking at the, the Panthers at three to one, but. Man, they, they've they've got some stuff to figure out. It's going to be really tough for Sergei Bobrovsky to outplay Andre Andre Vasilevsky. He's been lights out uh, since basically the overtime period of Game Six versus Toronto. Uh, they've only scored two goals in the series. The crushing defeat last night, where it seems like uh, a couple of uh, a couple of their players uh, who were on in the final seconds just thought the game was going to go to overtime, but uh, Nikita Kucherov and and Ross Colton had other plans and they buried that winning goal with 3.9 seconds left in regulation. So pretty deflating way to to win game two in a game that they probably should have won. They were out shooting the the lightning Um, and it's uh, you know, this is the best offensive team from the regular season. The first team, uh, the only team in this century since the turn of the century to score over four goals per 60 minutes in the regular season and here they are in round two without a power play goal yet in the playoffs and uh, only two goals in two games versus uh, Andre Vasilevsky and the lightning. So it's uh, it's going to be pretty tough to come back from that hole.
2: Yeah, it's been incredible. Uh, and if it's not the Panthers, because it doesn't look like it, then let's go flames. Follow Andy <laughs> on Twitter at Digital Gambler. Check out more of his handicapping on VSIN and Sportsnet. Congratulations, Andy. Best of luck the rest of the playoffs. And as I mentioned... <laughs>
5: let's go flames. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Go flames. Go.
2: (laughs) All right, let's (laughs) bring in Brad Thomas. Talk a little bit of Premier League. We are on the final match day of the season at long last. Brad welcome and uh, let's start with the hard one. Arsenal (laughs) let it slip through their fingers. Top four was right there to be had and they utterly bottled it. Uh, and now are on the outside looking in, needing things to break their way if they're going to ultimately finish top four. I don't think it's happening. But can they take care of business against an Everton team that was the darlings of the entire media landscape yesterday? Just an incredible comeback against Crystal Palace. Uh, everybody just excited. Everton remains in the Premier League. Um, you know, is that emotional letdown coming for an Everton team? And can Arsenal get this done comfortably?
1: You know, this is an interesting spot to be betting. Arsenal, you said it. They were top four, and injuries just plagued them, especially defensive injuries. And then Rob Holding gets shown red, so then he's out the next game. You know, I'm kind of interested to see how Arsenal come out and attack this game. At no point did I ever think Mikel Arteta was the kind of manager to get you really excited for a game. And and it kind of shows. Like, if you watch their downfall, there was not one point where he said, we're going to play really good games defense and we're going to grind it out and win it's kind of like he just sent his guys out there and he's like well Lacazette's not performing well so we're putting Keta out there it it, we had no clear vision no clear motivation well I'm gonna back both teams to score here you know I was a little bit higher on it when Everton were playing for their Premier League lives but if you watched that match yesterday I think there were at least two moments where I shed a tear and I could have cared less if Everton got relegated or not. So Everton tie the game up and the fans, storm the field, literally tears like I have goosebumps. Right. And then they take the lead when I didn't think either of those things were going to happen. Every single fan who was inside that stadium at halftime thought they were getting relegated. And then you go back to Arsenal. They've allowed goals in nine straight games. And like I said, most of that is due to their poor defense. They need probably the biggest stroke of luck for them to make top four. They need a win. And they also need Tottenham to lose to the worst team in the Premier League. So I don't think it's going to happen. I think we see a game that's going to be a little open, a little more fun to watch, something kind of festive, you guess. You know, Arsenal have no more pressure. They have nothing to worry about. Everton, no more pressure. Nothing to worry about. They can go out there. They can have fun, play free football, and celebrate the season. Even though it's going to be a disappointment for Arsenal not finishing top four, they're still playing in Europe next season. That's still more money. That still attracts a little bit of that top talent over in the transfer window.
3: Brad, I love the passion you're speaking with, man. Please keep being you. That's all I want to say. (laughs) But since you gave me one early morning Sunday bet, I need another one because we already alluded to the Pirates getting smacked by the Cardinals on Peacock. Uh, so right before that, we got Burnley and Newcastle. I see Burnley 1 plus 120, Newcastle's plus 220, the draw, though, plus 235. Uh, so bring some of the pizzazz. What do we got on this one?
1: Yeah, listen, I have uh, futures on Burnley staying up, and I have futures on on uh, Leeds going down, and I really wish that I was confident in Burnley winning this match. Like in their last okay. match, they played against Aston Villa. They looked very unimpressive. Mm-hmm. And they're going against a Newcastle side who, since January, have been honestly the most impressive team in the transfer window. If you look at the games they played, clean up until they had that back-to-back with Liverpool and Manchester City. They are on a four-game win streak. And then right after they had that back-to-back where they lost to the two best teams in football, that's fair, they won their next game. I'm taking draw no bet. So that means if there's a draw, you get your money back. If Newcastle win, it's at plus 130 right now. I it's hard for me to think that Burnley offensively are going to score a lot of Newcastle and new class, Newcastle have a sound defense. Uh, they have players who are excited. Like when you are not worried about getting relegated, because Newcastle at one point in the season thought they were going to get relegated. When you're not worried about getting relegated, you just play a different kind of football. I think Burnley are going to be really, really tight. This does kind of scream draw one, one uh, seeing as Burnley at turf are probably one of the most defensive sound teams but when you're giving me a little bit more value for a Newcastle team who can go out there and win that 1-0, 2-1, I'm going to have to take it.
2: That makes total sense to me. Uh, let's go draw no bet. And uh, I I am hopeful Burnley ultimately squeaks a point here because I would love, love, love Leeds <laughs> to be the team that is demoted. Um, but there's, a, uh, there's another match uh, between Man City and Aston Villa I want to get your take on first. Man City can punch their ticket uh, to the fourth premier league title since the 17, 18 season with a win. Uh, do you think they do it in style?
1: Uh, absolutely. Listen, so (laughs) I have no favorite team in the premier league. If you guys watch me, I wear different kits from every team, but I have a favorite team to bet on. And that is Manchester city. Why? Because they have a potent high press offense that can score with Any player from the midfield to the forwards, they even have Jal Cancelo who can score, who's not afraid from defense to score. Gets another Aston Villa team who are on the road, not really playing for anything. Okay, this reminds me, if you watch Goddess Premiership, it reminds me of the Celtic Trophy Day game. Celtic were probably like a minus two favorite to start the game. And the game started out, I think they scored in the 16th minute. They just kept pounding and pounding away. But when that 16th minute goal happened, something changed in their opponent. The opponent went from, we're just going to try to stay in this to We're just going to do our thing. Let them do their thing. And Celtic just kept building, building, building. I think they ended up scoring six goals in that match. Manchester City have the exact same scenario where they play against an okay opponent, a team that I think they would hang two goals up on if this were a meaningful game for Aston Villa. And now they are doing this in front of their fans, No, they win. They're going to win in style. If you look, they've scored three-plus goals in five of their last six matches. The one they did not score a goal in was against a West Ham side who was playing at home, where if you guys watched that match, Manchester City should have scored three goals, but Riyad Mahrez with the worst penalty kick of all time. (laughs) I had no money on that game. Zero dollars, but everyone was all over Manchester City live, and I feel bad because he ripped their hearts out, but the team Hmm. total here is just too good for me to pass up it's beautiful price at minus 130 i probably would have priced it closer to minus 150 but minus 130 for a team who's going to be on their trophy day celebrating their premier league win over liverpool mind you like that's a bigger win than over a chelsea because you know that uh jurgen klopp and pep guardiola rivalry is there and it's real it's going to be exciting
3: I'm just logging into my account right now, Brad, to pass, to, 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 to take that one. I like that a lot. Man City, I definitely know a thing about Man City or two. And I learned that Brentford has been pretty hot recently. I saw a couple stats about them scoring goals. I don't know how much they've been scoring compared to Man City because they have 20 in their last 10. So is that an offense you're backing to on a team total? They're playing leads or, you know, are you taking an outright win or a draw? No bet.
1: So this is a little bit of a... I guess you'd say a leads fade and a home field advantage okay. for Brentford. For me, I'm backing Brentford to win <laughs> here. Um, oh, and so, geez. be careful when you're shopping the price here on books because this line, the line, the spread is set at minus zero point five, and the money line is the money line. Both mean the exact same thing. Since it's a three way market, you might get a better price on minus zero point five. Okay, so since Jesse Mars has taken over for Leeds, everyone thinks that like he's just great coach, and they've done all this great things defensively. All they've done is just eat up pressure. If you look at the charts, they're playing deeper in. They're having more possession in their final third. That means the offense has more opportunities to score than they did before. I am not getting behind leads. I think Rafinha, their best player, already knows he has a foot out. He's already talking about going and playing at Barcelona. Calvin Phillips is already talking about playing for Manchester City. Like, their best player's... Don't care if they get relegated. As bad as that sounds, they just don't care. And then on the other side of the ball, you have Brentford, who are hot at home. They've won three of their last four home matches, and they had one of the best, absolute best signings in the January transfer window. That's Denmark's own Kristen Erickson. They weren't a bad team before. You know, they had Tony Wissa, and they had a bunch of quality players and a good home field advantage, but they lacked a midfielder who could create. They lacked a midfielder who could play end-to-end. They signed Christian Eriksen, and guess what? No longer do they have to worry about going back down. They're safe from relegation because they have a guy who's creating. Tony's scoring more goals. Whistler's playing with confidence. Eriksen is creating, and it's going to be a lot for Leeds to absorb pressure all game against a very good Brentford team who's going to keep them pinned in and think they're going to win this game or get points.
2: Okay, well, I'm with you. Let's go, Bees. Send Leeds down. It bleeds. Yeah, so it's ticket. leads. Uh, <laughs> follow Brad on Twitter at Mr. Brad Thomas. Make sure to read more of his handicap of European soccer and golf on NBCSportsEdge.com. Brad, thank you. Thank you, guys. All right gonna be a busy weekend man got a lot of action here (laughs) yeah we do Vaughn, uh you want to add something to the card uh maybe I mean I got every other sport at this point how about baseball
3: yeah well uh if you don't follow me on Twitter by now you probably should because my lines usually don't exist by lunchtime uh and my play for today was a Pirates play um Zach Thompson under three and a half K's opened at 130 on points bet opened at 126 on FanDuel today Drew, any idea of where that number is at right now? After I already tweeted it out as my biggest play of the day, any idea where the number is?
2: I mean, I'm based on the way you're setting me
3: up, minus one sixty. Listen here, Points spread has as minus two hundred right oh, now, baby. Jesus. DraftKings <laughs> minus one seventy five. Fandle, like the smart ones, they can be under wow. two and a half strikeouts. We've already moved this line, so you will have to parlay with something or do a smaller play on this play, but. I do love it. Uh, Zach Thompson, six foot seven, right hand pitcher, twenty eight year old guy, same age as me. Favorite team, St. Louis. One of my favorite teams this year because they have been sh- non strikeout machines. They've been so played disciplined. They have only struck out three times to Chris Bassett yesterday in six point one innings, four times to Max Scherzer in five point two innings, uh, and now you have Zach Thompson, who's four and one to the under three and a half Ks in his last five, and five and two to the under on in seven starts this season. Uh, If we're talking about percentiles, it's 23rd and 27th percentile in strikeouts and walks. Uh, And if you, you know, you will go get your height taken, your weight taken, you're in those percentiles. You're pretty skinny or short. Uh, So Zach Thompson has some bad numbers, blue on his baseball savant pages. We're fading him today uh, any way you can. But it's going to have to be a smaller play now because I won't advise you to take minus 175, minus 200 or an under two and a half. The only under two and a half guy we ever played, Drew, is goes by the name of Zach Granke
2: yeah that's fair um so the usually we have a different zach obviously usually uh <laughs> you know we do these early enough in the day that uh we can beat the really heavy steam but uh apologies uh, if you missed it <laughs> it's gone if it's gone it's I gone have more, plays.
3: more plays
2: um i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little bit more risky with mine a, a play that may not closing line value because people Mm -hmm. have kind of lost faith in the dallas mavericks but that's okay i will still grab those points i'm taking mavericks plus six as my edge of the day not because i feel especially confident that this team is going to win but because the margin between these two teams is not six points uh the warriors and the mavericks are relatively close the first game you know if you want to adjust your power numbers in favor of the mavericks i mean in favor of the warriors after game one just remember, that was an absolutely miserable spot for the Mavericks. They were coming off of a very emotional Game 7 win on the road, turned right around on shorter rest, rest disadvantage, played on the road again in Game 1. And, and oh, by the way, None of their open shots went in. It was a very bad luck game for the Mavericks. And and realistically, uh, I don't think you can use that to tell you how great the separation is between these two teams. They played each other tough all season. Mavericks got the better of the Warriors in the regular season uh, and in general have a number of adjustments that I think they can employ uh, to get themselves back into this one. I have taken the Mavericks plus six, and I will not be surprised if they ultimately win.
3: Yeah, I mean, if I'm playing a side, I'm definitely taking the Mavericks here. And like you said, they had so many open shots. The first quarter, they had what? They were one three-point attempt off from breaking the playoff record of twenty-three-point attempts, and they only made I think three or four of those. Uh, those shots will fall in Game Two. Yeah, we'll be honest. The only reason why I'm not playing the spread this game because I hope the Mavericks lose so I can go all out on Game Three at them at home. Uh, and we know how, the, <laughs> how well they play, yeah. how well they play when they're down as well in series. So I'm I had that. Uh, you know
2: what? I had that same dream about playing the Celtics in game three and it wasn't to be so, yeah,
3: uh, you know, I see, I see what you say.
2: Yeah. I think, uh, I, but ultimately, you know what, actually I'll accept a narrow loss here. I'll accept the three, you know, the, late and in the game, Curry makes a three a or gets to the free throw line. And that's the difference. That seems reasonable. Um, but the Mavericks covering six is my favorite look of the day fun great show don't forget to check out nbcsportsedge.com you'll have all of the information you need to know after you're done listening to us to help continue helping you make your wagers thanks for those of you watching us on our NBC sports edge YouTube channel thanks to the guys who support us behind the scenes uh, and again don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast good luck with all your plays